By the way, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. <laughs> so, Steve, this week, our movie of the week of the week is uh, something about killer bees. Yeah. I don't I forget the name of it. But um, because we're doing this movie, uh, we had uh, an, an, a sponsorship offer from someone who was interested in the subject. And uh, we have a commercial to air at the end of the show. Yeah, so please stick around for that and support our sponsors so we can keep the lights on. Well, actually, we probably want to keep them off because of the interference with the microphone that we just had. That's true. Right. That's true. All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice. <laughs> so much as my uh, wife was a giant. But um, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the Reeves Company. Crack open a tip of Genesee and watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's the Rees Company. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. And tonight, our movie of the week of the week is Deadly Invasion, the Killer Bee Nightmare from 1995. But first, before we get into that, Chris, you have a celebrity encounter? I did. Um, Friday, Saturday night, I was at the Valley Forge Casino. And I was at the bar there, and I look over to my left, and who is it but uh, famous comedian Jim Norton. Oh, wonderful. And uh, From the Opie and Anthony show. Yeah, among other things. Um, so, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't talk to him. Oh. Um, because I've, I'd talked to him in the past, and uh, he was there with a lady friend, so I'm not going to bother him. I already have the story of talking to Jim Norton. Um, well, can we hear that story? Oh, I'm, I saw him after a show. Also at a bar. Uh, which is odd because he's a sober guy. Yeah. And the, a, I decided him twice. Yeah, twice at a bar. At a bar. Yeah. He did order pineapple juice, though, for himself and a, and a drink for his lady friend. But, uh, yeah, so there we go. I, I saw Jim Norton. That's it. Yeah, that seems to be it. That's Yeah. Were you expecting more? Yes. <laughs> well, what did you think was, uh, I don't know. I don't, you, you said celebrity encounter. I, it, was, it was a celebrity, and I encountered him. Okay. <laughs> so I guess we should just go right into our movie of the week of the week. Yep. Let's hit the intro. Deadly Invasion, The Killer Bee Nightmare. It aired on March 7th, 1995 on the Fox Network, and it stars Robert Hayes, who's best known, uh, Chris? Ted Stryker from Airplane. Yeah. Also, Nancy Stafford, who was apparently in Matlock. Okay. She was, a, I guess, a partner at, in his firm. Oh, okay. And uh, Ryan Phillippe. Yeah, I, 
I know what you did last summer? Yeah. Okay. A lot of teen movies in the late 90s. Oh, okay. He was a part of. Um, It was written by a guy called Rockney O'Bannon. Oh, wow. That's a name. That's a very Irish surname. Mm -hmm. And with the first name Rockney, I assume his parents were also big Notre Dame fans. I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, uh, one of the local sportscasters, he does the Sixers broadcast. This guy could not look more Irish if he tried. He, He literally looks like a leprechaun. Jim, you must know who I'm talking about. Uh, do, do you know the guy's name, Chris? I, I don't. That's why I'm oh, asking okay. Jim. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, Rockney O'Bannon, he's probably best known for writing the screenplay for Alien Nation, the 1988 sci-fi film with, uh, I guess, uh, was it uh, James Conn? James Conn, yeah. And Mandy Patinkin. Okay. Yeah. Now, this isn't the first made-for-TV movie on the subject of killer bees. In fact... Uh, Nor was it the last. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From the 70s through the 90s and perhaps still today. Yeah. This uh, was almost a mini-genre unto themselves. Yeah. There was even a cinematic release in the 70s called The Swarm, starring uh, or featuring Michael Caine. It was an ensemble cast. Hmm. Now, why for decades was the public horrified and captivated by the concept of deadly bees? Well, this movie starts off with a narration, Chris. Oh, okay. And attempts to explain that. Now, when we come back from this, I will have a true story that's uh, not like this piece of rubbish you're about to hear. We're all about getting to the The truth. African bees began mating and established themselves as the dominant breed, causing hundreds of deaths throughout South America. Despite this deadly threat, every attempt to stop them from multiplying or from sweeping northward into Texas and California has failed. It is speculated that by the end of this decade, killer bees will have spread across most, if not all, of the continental United States. Now, the following could be. Now, that didn't happen. This was the 90s, a decade, more than a decade later, they have not spread. And I think we all know why. Trump's wall. So there you go, (laughs) folks. Build that wall. (laughs) A success story. You have to admit uh, when someone does something good, you have to admit it. You got to give them credit. you look like a partisan hack. Right. And we aim to be fair on the Reese Company. Well, um, are we going to see the rest of the narrative, or was that all you wanted That was all of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, hmm. it's not exactly what happened. As you said, we know the ending. Right. It all started with a beekeeper in Brazil. And this guy, Chris, he had a dream. He wanted to breed the world's most productive honeybee. Oh, sure. The local bees were churning out honey at a satisfactory rate. Yeah. But he had heard that uh, bees in Africa, they were more productive. So he decided to import some of those and uh, breed them with the ones from Brazil. Solid plan. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong with that, right? Yeah. He just wants more honey. And this is a great way to produce more honey. Yeah. Now, in parts of Africa, bees have more natural predators than they do in other parts of the world. So they've learned to be more aggressive. Uh, then more aggressive than the honeybees we're familiar with in the Americas. And yes, the African bees and the hybrid bees this guy created, they were known by this time as Africanized bees. Mm -hmm. Both uh, sets of bees shared this common aggressive trait. But this wouldn't matter because the bees were kept in a secure apiary, cordoned off from the outside world. I'm sorry, what was that word? Happily making their honey. Apiary? Yes, a a place where you keep bees. Never heard that word before. Okay. Okay. All right. 
Until one day, Chris. Okay. In 1957. An assistant who, I guess, did not pay attention during orientation. Okay. And probably lost his parking spot after this. Mm. He um, <clears throat> accidentally freed a number of these bees. Okay. And released them into the biota. Are we okay with that word, Chris? Yes, I know what that means. Okay, all right. Well, I'm not sure now. Jeez. Yeah, question my vocabulary because I'm trying to learn something. That's fair. <laughs> By the way, this story kind of sounds like what Newman did in Jurassic Park, but <laughs> continue. Now, again, the proper name for this species is the Africanized bee. And much like the satanic panic we touched on on our previous episode, hmm. the sensational name Killer Bees was a creation of the media mm. and to add juice to this story. Like murder hornets? Yes. Like we have today. Yeah. Have you encountered one? Actually, I think I, I, think I did. Were you murdered? No, I was not murdered. Well, no. there you In fact, go. it was on my head and didn't sting me. So mm. there you have it. For decades, this hysteria only grew. And I remember as a kid, and you probably do too, Chris, seeing it on the news, on TV. Hey, uh, the killer bees are coming. Right. They're going to be here by 1998. They're on the way. They've reached Texas. It always sounded like uh, they were on this direct decades-long flight to the U.S. where they were going to kill all the children and take over the government. Right. And, of course, as you know, that didn't happen. In fact, by the time they did arrive in North America, they'd lost enough of their aggression to be only as dangerous as the typical honeybee. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Now, part of the reason why they still have a reputation for being dangerous is that when one of these bees attacks somebody, the entire swarm follows suit, yeah. the entire hive. They, uh, they, they also go after the, the, the common target. Right. So... Killer bee victims suffer dozens or perhaps hundreds of stings in one go versus a single sting in one bodily part. Yeah. So, uh, kind of like wasps. Wasps can sting you multiple times, not just once like a bee. So, yeah, very yeah. similar to that. Now, despite all this, Chris, do you know what the uh, total body count of uh, quote unquote killer bees are? What do you mean by total body count? Uh, like, how many people they've killed since they, re they were released in 1957? Oh, uh, well, that narration we just saw said hundreds. Hundreds in Brazil alone, according to the narration. Yeah. Yeah, the, the reality is um, worldwide. You want to take a guess? Uh, I'm going to say 2,000. A little high. Okay. Four. 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 Four fatalities from the 1950s to the present. So, Deadly Invasion, the killer bee nightmare. This was released at the tail end of the media's fixation on the end of humanity being brought about by, uh, by murderous bees. Yeah. But they were still also firmly engaged in the mania. In fact, this film's tagline during the promos, the network promos during the week, the tagline was, this will be a true story. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it turns out even the past of it wasn't true. Right. So they've been lying. They lied to us at the very beginning of it. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, do you want to see more of this? Uh, I hope so, because yeah. otherwise we have nothing. We have no show, so I guess we have to. <laughs> Let's go with uh, the second clip there. This is uh, a hapless boob of a cop entering a derelict house. Hey folks, peace officer. Here's how I know he's a hapless boob. Shine. 
Do these people You're look like they're exactly sleeping? You're not in the safest place here. <laughs> yeah. And also, he looks like Sheriff Lobo's deputy. <laughs> didn't seem that bad. I don't no, know. it seemed uh, kind of adorable. Yeah. But, uh, well, you can you can up that body count from four to five now. So, <laughs> right. with that. <laughs> All right, so the, the next scene, um, we, we can just roll that for a few seconds, and uh, we'll see what I believe to be part of the problem, Steve. All right. Yeah, the depositions for, were supposed to be can, here. Can you stop it? Blossom Meadow? I mean, come on. They're asking for it. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. All right, but we're going to let the rest of this scene play out, and you'll, we'll meet the hero of our story, Ted Stryker from Airplane, who we'll see is up to his old tricks. Two days ago. No. Yeah, we are kind of out of the way here. No, overnight mail can't guarantee next day delivery. I need to reorder three bolts of that blue daisy pattern. Yes, it's still my interior design business, but my business is in California now. You sent it to my old Boston address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, California. Blossom Meadow, California. Blue daisies? What are you talking about? I haven't given any depositions. Depositions about what? Yeah, it, it knows yeah. you again. Anyway, as long as I have not by Friday. Wah, wah. <laughs> I, I assume one of them was talking to Hermogenes, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. But what's odd about that is uh, there are some kind of uh, corny, I don't know about corny necessarily, but um, jokes. Not slapsticky, but um, there are jokes in the beginning. There are no jokes. It, it, it takes a turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, when you when you cast the, the guy who's famous for Airplane, uh, you know, you, you got to let him do his thing. Yeah, and, and I think also things are going to be funny unintentionally because people were only used to him uh, seeing him as kind of an over-the-top comic. Right. Yeah, what, what did he do other than the Airplane movies and this? I have no idea. Yeah, I can't recall. I, I think he did a lot of voice work. Okay. But as far as being on camera, you expect a certain thing from him. So uh, things he says, just like Leslie Nielsen in that film. Yeah, but Leslie at least had a long career before he got typecast in that role. This guy, I think right from the beginning, well, no, you're, you're the airplane guy. Right. We can't hire you to play the dramatic lead. But also Leslie, Leslie Nielsen, if you watch him in an old dramatic role, it's probably a lot funnier. Oh, yeah. You perceive it that way because you hear Leslie Nielsen's voice. Yeah. Engenders humor. Yeah, it ruined all his old movies in <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. Um, but that's enough of Ted Stryker. We're, we're going to see another guy in this next scene. And, uh, well, let's, let's just roll this scene. It's short. Well, 
we're out of here. We're going up to the interstates. We've got this really radical thing we do with the instructors up there. Yeah, that's enough. This guy, Steve, is such a badass. He doesn't even wait until he's out of the high school parking lot to crack open a cold one. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, and they also go out of their way to make him unlikable immediately. Yeah. It's almost like something's going to happen to him. Right. So that the audience will have no sympathy when it occurs. Well, you know, Steve, that sort of devil-may-care attitude always comes with a price. Right. Yeah, and we're going to see that in this next scene. Which, by the way, is a very long scene. It's over three minutes. So I'm just getting that out, you know, so people know. But you're going to want to see all this, believe me. So. Right the out the back of his that happen? Did the guy veer off the road? Yeah, there's no reason to veer off the road. No. Now this part, there's not much going on. They're just making out. Uh, hitting the horn in the process. It does have a song that's probably going to cause us a headache. Well, I didn't recognize it. <laughs> yeah, but that means anything. It's somebody just waiting for his chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're giving them an opportunity for the music to be heard. Yes. So. The exposure. Yeah. So they're bumping into the horn as they're making out, which is disturbing the nearby bees who are attached to a billboard there. By the way, wouldn't that be annoying? You're trying to you know, move over the passenger seat. <laughs> This guy, this, they're climbing up her skirt and she still doesn't know. Maybe she thinks it's him. Yeah, 
Now, Steve, we can stop it there. Here's how you know this was a low-budget movie. They had an opportunity there to have a classic Corvette smash into an 18-wheeler with a huge explosion, and, 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 and it's done off-camera with not even... It was like a tinkling sound effect, even. <laughs> it wasn't even like the sound of metal-on-metal metal crashing. Might that have been network standards? Not the sound effect part, but the idea of a head-on collision? I mean... You can pretty much show any kind of violence on TV, I think. You know, if it's not gory, but explosions? I mean, come on, we all saw the A-team. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with explosions. I think, I think it was budget-related myself. Because this was kind of before CGI. I mean, they had it, but it, was, it wasn't used the way it is today in 1995. So I believe they would have actually had to go out and either use models or crash an actual classic Corvette, which obviously... Would be very expensive. Yes. Yeah. And take one off the road, which is unfair to collectors. Yeah. I mean, they do have kits of those cars, though. Did you know that? Like, a lot of times you see, like, a Ferrari on the road, and it's not a real Ferrari. Like, they take, like, a Pontiac Fiero and add, like, fiberglass panels to it to make it look like a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, a pretty common thing. All right. They're called kit cars. But, um, all right, so what's our next scene here? Uh well, we we have a still shot. I don't think it's a scene. Oh it's yeah, still. right, right. Yeah, if we could bring that up, I just wanted to show this because uh, this is how you know that this film was made in the twentieth century. That is the only non-white person to appear in this film, and he's in one scene. <laughs> so uh, they don't permit those kind of casting choices anymore. <laughs> so just wanted to point that. In out. In fact, these bees would not be called Africanized bees. No. And uh, if this were made today. No, that would present problems. <clears throat> All right, so let's go to... Oh, the next scene is uh, actually very pertinent to uh, our, our lives because it's a preview of the Reese wedding. Oh, nice. The upcoming Reese wedding. Nice. I'd let's, like to look into the near future and see how this is going to turn out. Yeah. Well, there'll be some slapstick humor, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a lot of douchebags at your wedding, apparently. <laughs> oh, I guess that was it for that one. But there's a we can go forward to a little bit further in the wedding and see a really ridiculous thing happen. That's her stepson. I didn't pick up on that. Hates her. Is that? Bend up. Yeah. Bend up. I'm here. It's going to be okay. Come on. Shut it. Well, now they shut it, and I guess everything's okay, even though there were dozens of bees on every person to enter that house. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that probably won't lead to anything. Yeah. All right, well, obviously, the bees have invaded the town at this point, Steve. Yeah. So, uh, 
People aren't really sure how to get rid of him, but one guy has a very novel idea. So we'll see that. Well, well can I say that the reason why they're having a hard time getting rid of them yeah. is because they have to find the um, principal colony. Okay. I think they refer to it as. Yeah. And that's uh, where these uh, they've set up multiple hives in one location uh. in uh, or around the town. And it turns out to be on Ted Stryker's orchard. Yeah, he owns an orchard, yeah. So his son is friends with Ryan Phillippe, who's the he? guy you're talking about. He's also a lawyer, I think. He is. Yeah, he's a lawyer who owns an orchard. Yeah. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. <laughs> so Ted Stryker's son is friends with Ryan Phillippe, and Ryan Phillippe, as you said, he has a novel way of dealing with the... So he, I didn't pick up on the fact that he had located the, uh, the central colony. Yes. Okay. So this is kind of like a vampire movie. You've got to kill the head vampire. I don't know. I thought the whole thing was they invaded the the hives of the existing bees and took them over. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Okay. But they all moved to this, um, they, they built hives on yeah. this orchard. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's see how he chooses. Now, Ted Stryker already knew, but Ted's son brings along Ryan Phillippe, they're friends. Yeah. And <laughs> Ryan, as you said, goes into business for himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Instead of the Corvette 18-wheeler car crash, we're treated to a motorcycle chase. Okay. It's better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> right. Steve, believe it or not, that's really, I only have one more clip. Uh, what happened there, that works about as well as you would expect. And uh, they, the bees chase them, and they go to Ted Stryker's house. And then Ted Stryker and his family are imprisoned in their house by the bees uh, the, the youngest daughter gets stung, and of course she's allergic, you know. But there's like 45 minutes of them just, oh, there's bees outside the house and she can't breathe. Uh, well, okay. that, that's an element I kind of like, and I'll talk about that during the review, but can we talk about the girl who was in anaphylactic shock? Right. She spent a good five, ten minutes not breathing. It seemed that way, yeah. Yeah. Now, it turns out, Chris, that I'm not a doctor. Okay. Which is part of the reason why I'm being sued by Kelly Clarkson. But I would guess that if this girl was without oxygen for that long, she would probably uh, not survive, or she'd have severely debilitated brain functionality. Brain function. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, she'd wake up being one of those people who says pumpkin. Mm. A pumpkin head is what you're calling her. Oh, well, that doesn't happen. Uh, Ted is able to get to the uh, the serum, the uh, insulin, whatever it is they uh, he had to get from the shed in time. Right. And um, so her life is saved. But yeah, as, as you said, the bees besiege the, bee seize the house. How right. about that? Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> clever. <laughs> Show title. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so uh, they're really just after Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. yeah. But he's brought into the house with everybody else. If they had just pushed him outside, you know, they could have done their, their thing. Well, instead, they just basically yell at him the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if you want to see Ryan Felipe get yelled at by a family, you know, then watch it. Otherwise, it's pretty boring the rest of the way through. And and, and the ending. I disagree with that, but we'll get to that later. But uh, all ahead. right, but uh, the ending. They just after all this goes on and on, they finally remember. Oh yeah, there is a secret passageway from the house to the barn that we totally forgot about. And and they they so they take the passageway and get to the barn where there's no bees, and uh, and then I don't know what the hell happens. Well, they, the bees are following them as they make their way, right. and and it's a slog. They have to make their way through the passage into the barn. Yeah, but it can't be a lot of bees because once they get there, there's no bees. Right. So they can't well, have, well because the bees are they're moving faster than the bees somehow. Yeah, right. And then they're able to they take a bale of hay. Yeah, one and bale. Close by the, the door. Way. Yeah. That's fixed. One, <laughs> wouldn't you put every bale on top of the hole? Now, now we have we have to live in a, we have to live in a barn for the rest of our lives. <laughs> well, no, because apparently, after that, well, let's just roll the next scene. Okay. They're just picking up dead bees. What happened? <laughs> all the bees are dead now. How? We don't know. It's not explained at all. Maybe every one of them stung Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> That's true. Do we not see him in this ending shot? <laughs> and they all died. <laughs> yeah. All the bees. I mean, we can let this play out, but it's, this is it. This is the end of the movie. And there's the last bag of bees. Bag of bees would be like a good, uh, good like uh, prank. Yeah, like a service for like someone you hate. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna send them a, a bag of bees. <laughs> yeah, she threw away her bee headband that uh, was made famous by John Belushi. That's it. Uh, what happened to all the bees? How they died? We don't know. No. Yeah. I mean, you could. it would have made more sense if they just left because their homes had been destroyed. But they're clearly dead, and we don't know how they die. Now, I will say, though, that due to an astute commenter, we may have a possible explanation for this, Steve. Okay. So, Jim, if you could bring up the comment for us. Uh, you, I can't read it. You cut the movie. You cut the movie short at the end. Everyone knows that at the end... There was always a creature still living. Yeah. It was a, a nest or hive or something that won't let the movie end on a positive note. Yeah. So, and, and I saw a couple other comments to the same effect where apparently that is the real end of the movie. So there's missing scenes at the end. So maybe there's some kind of explanation for why all the bees suddenly died. But you're not going to see it in this, the only available copy of this movie on YouTube. So, so can we fairly rate this movie, given that? Uh, yeah, because my bad rating would not have changed given a logical ending. <laughs> yeah. That would not have made my, my hour and a half of watching this movie enjoyable if it had a, uh, wrapped it up neatly. You chose this one, I, I remind you. I did. I did. Well, I had a friend who had... She may have a bee problem in her house. And uh, so I was sending her bee memes for a week, you know, as a, as a goof. Right. So I, I, was in a, I was thinking about bees. But uh, that's how we ended up here. 
Okay. But yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and rate it like uh, two. I'll give it two Meredith Baxters. Hmm. Two out of five. Two out of five. All right. And I think you explained your reasoning fairly well. Right. Uh, I'm going with three out of five. Okay. And the reason why is despite the fear mongering that seemed to be the whole point of making this film, the reason to be, as they say in English, I do know, um, I do like how the atmosphere goes from local hysteria to the principal <laughs> characters facing a series of challenges <laughs> in an isolated location, like a classic disaster movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's formulaic. Like a disaster movie. Yeah, but a lot of those movies work and work well as a result of that. Um, Name one. Speed. Speed? The Poseidon Adventure. Okay. Well, I did bring up Jurassic Park earlier. Yeah. And I enjoyed that movie. So, okay. Yeah, all right. So is there anything else you'd like to say about the film? No. Um, I'm, believe me, I'm ready to move on. I actually watched this. I watched this on mute the first time through because I was in a crowded place. Yeah. I watched it on my phone on mute. And then when I had to go back and rewatch it with sound, I chose to watch it at 1.25 speed so I could get it over with that much quicker. So, All right. <clears throat> Is there anything you'd like to talk about we haven't talked about? I don't know. Just, oh. uh, we're going to roll our, our new sponsors uh, a commercial for our new sponsors after this. So yeah. Uh, I so, am looking forward to that. So please check out and support our sponsor. Um, in that case, I think we did it. Okay. For Chris Regani, I'm Steve Reese. Ask me. Ask you what? Tigers. Tigers. Eat them raw. We did it. Uh, Praise Jesus. Have you or your family been attacked by bees? Has Ryan Phillippe caused your family to be attacked by bees? Fact. The U.S. Constitution guarantees you the right to sue bees in the case of wrongdoing. How do I know this? Because I've read all these law books. He's also read most of Lord of the Rings. Yes. We will also take cases if you're cornered by somebody with a celebrity story that goes nowhere. <laughs>